Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the MMA On Point live chat. We are back with a very special week, a super awesome week. We got one championship debuting on TNT. This is a really big card for like a midweek thing. I'm sorry for all the Europeans in the world because they made it for our time, but there are only actually four MMA fights on this. We got two kickboxing bouts on there. I actually, honestly, I don't know. Is Rotang Muay Thai or kickboxing? I'm not watching it for that. I'm watching it for the MMA part. Let's be totally honest here, but I will watch it. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. So don't expect any big breakdown or synopsis about Rod Tang today because I know a lot of people are stoked about him. But anyhow, let's jump right into this. I am Jason Hartley. I am the co-owner of the channel. I am joined by Pete C. He's an extraordinaire. He's worked for ESPN. He's worked for BBC, BT Sport. You guys have never heard of any of these places, I bet. MMA fighting. But uh, here he is joining us today. And uh, he's very tired, he told me. How are you doing? I'm very tired, and I have a dose of the shits. But I'm still here. <laughs> and that's how much I love you guys. I have been getting sick out my arse for the whole day. But now I'm here for you. Hey, man, if you need to get up, you know, just don't hesitate. We got you. We know what's I'll up. I'll bring my mic with me so you can hear it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> you have this, like, ridiculously long, like, cable reaching all the way back to the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we're joined by our boy, Lawton. Absolutely cannot. <laughs> Veer can't. Veer, Veer can't. Look at that haircut. Dude. My God. I am sorry, but I'm looking fresh today. I yeah. finally, finally scheduled a haircut. So I know people you want are... me to keep the beard. I kept it, but I had I was getting a little little homeless looking. So I had to, <laughs> I had to fix that. So changed it up and, yeah, doing good. Good yeah, to, you good to, 10 out of 10. You should be 10 the one out on of 10. camera, dude. Nice. Like, we shouldn't be the ones on camera. Like, this guy's made for TV right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking over. The casuals are taking over the channel. That's all I oh, got to say. Oh, shit. It's oh, happening. Shit. It's our worst nightmare. It's happening, no. dude. They put me on a bit uglier so the common man can relate to the show. That's what <laughs> yeah. it is. That's what it is. It's not that we're not good-looking people. It's just that we're relatable. <laughs> that was a key element in the interview. They were like, uh, we haven't seen pictures of you. Can you just get on a video call so we can make sure you're a bit ugly so the common man can relate to you? And I was like, boom! I'm like, you're the guy! It's a hiring criteria for everyone except for Balian and uh, Tom, yeah, I guess. What a, you know? what, a, what a dream boat. What a dream boat. And Lot, fair play. Look, you're all beautiful, man, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. So oh, thanks. Um, tonight, Lawton will be announcing one championship. Yep, I'm calling the great. fights live. I'm, they're actually flying me out. <laughs> Woo! So. Well, let's dig into these fights. So um, let's go ahead and get into the Kumite Crunch. For those of you who don't know what it is, this is kind of our starter conversation. This is our quick hot takes, predictions, all those kind of things. Sometimes PT hides behind a fence, not even on it. So we will talk through all this. And then, of course, we'll jump into the live chat with you all after and get more in depth into this. So let's do it. Cool. All right, so if you guys have been here before, you kind of know how we run this. If you haven't, here's just a quick primer. We've got five topics on your screen. We're going to go at them one at a time. Each Jason and PT get one minute per topic. Oh, wait, we last week we said we're not going to vote. Are we doing that? Oh, no, 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 that was for the second time. So the first oh, one. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first one, and then we just rotate. Aha, see, I remember some things. Oh. So, okay, so for the first topic, which you see on your screen right now, we'll do a vote. So who should take the first question? PT or Jason, put your answer in the chat right now. I'll kind of prime the question, then we'll read them out. Um, so the first headline is DJ versus Morice. And literally, since we're kind of talking about one a lot today, how do you see this fight going between those two? So we're just going to kind of get each Jason and PT's kind of breakdown about what will happen. So let's jump to the chat. Who should take this first? <laughs> Looking like... Ooh. 
I got two and two right now, PT and Jason, unless my thing's not loaded. Umar just said Jason has a thicker neck than Gilbert Burns. I'll take it, bro. I'll take it. <laughs> Pootsie? All right. Someone yeah. called you Pootsie, Pootsie Someone called you Pootsie, but Pootsie? it looks like PT is <laughs> winning this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. His name's Deuce Leaf. So for somebody who's got the shits today, how more appropriate could uh, they get? All right, Pete, definitely won that one. Yeah, Pete, you definitely won the first one and the only oh, one that no. we're doing votes today on. So, you have one minute. Topic of DJ versus Marais. How do you see this going? You ready? Yeah. All right. One His minute. hat's also brown. Yeah, yeah. Just all- it's burgundy. It is burgundy. <laughs> Ron? Ron burgundy. All right, you got one minute. Break down this fight. How do you see it going starting now? Yeah, obviously this fight was meant to happen in 2020, but COVID brought a haul to that. And um, Marais is a three-time champion with one championship. So, I mean, he is the guy that's been ruling the roost. Uh, DJ has been coming in and obviously one of the greatest of all time. But um, I think if you look at Marais' record, you're going to see a lot of submission wins. But I think DJ has proven time and time again that he is well able to mix it on the ground with really, really established players from the jiu-jitsu community so look when dj was signed to one championship we expected him to dominate for a long time i see this fight going dj's way i still think he's one of the greatest fighters in the world and um, marias maybe he has some great skills on the ground but i don't think dj is going to feel uncomfortable when he's there he could keep the fight standing and put him in all types of trouble but i see this as a dominant win for demetrius johnson and it would be a huge shock if it went any other way despite marias's fantastic lineage with one championship nice one Trash. minute on the button Trash. all right jason tossing it to you you got one minute same topic dj versus marais how do you see it going you ready have you be here guys yeah <laughs> all right you got one minute starting oh, sorry now a lot of people are counting out Adriano, Adriano Marais here, and I'm just going to butcher all of the names today. That's a great start. <laughs> a lot of people are counting him out, but they really should not be counting this guy out because he has an incredible record. He's avenged almost all of his losses. He's had a really great record, but the biggest thing that I think is a huge factor here is he's five inches bigger than DJ. This is the weird question I have about one championship and how their weight classes work because how is this guy so much bigger? He's long, he's rangy, he's great on the ground, he's great on the feet. I think he's going to give DJ a lot of trouble. And let's not forget, both the DJ's fights in one have been super troublesome so far. Wagamatsu, Danny Kingad, he almost got submitted by Danny Kingad. And uh, this guy's, of course, beaten Danny King out as well. So I think you should be paying attention to him on a little bit more of a scale than people are giving him respect for. I think he's got a really good shot at this. I have to pick DJ, but I see some trouble here. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. Nice. All right. Cool. Both of y'all landed on the minute. All right, so, chat, we are changing up this week. Like I said earlier, we are not going to be voting for the next four. We're just going to kind of rotate. So Jason will be taking the next topic, which is Alvarez versus Lapicus. And you're never going to believe it. It's the same question. How do you see this fight going? So, what? Jason. You can't, you can't do know. that. Yes. What? We're changing okay. it up, man. We're, we're, keep, we're breaking down All one. Right. So right. Alvarez versus Lapicus. Jason, one minute. Your thoughts. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Let's start it off. What you got? Yeah, so this is also a, another really great matchup. Of course, you know, Eddie Alvarez has not had quite as much luck as DJ so far. He had that crazy loss when he came in against Timothy Nasty Yukin. I think this could be another one of those situations. Like, I'm not trying to sell this stuff. I'm not trying to hype it up. 
But Lapicus actually has a ridiculous acumen on the ground. And what you saw in that Christian Lee fight was just sheer madness with him. Basically, it looked like he was going to go for a Boston crap. He was in full mount, flipped it around, and started going for a leg. It turned out to be literally his Achilles heel as he was going for a hill hook there and just wasn't able to grab it, and he got pounded out just out of nowhere. It was a crazy, insane fight. This guy finishes everybody he goes to the ground with. I think Eddie Alvarez better not go there. Christian Lee is the only person who's figured out that puzzle on the ground. And Christian Lee has a mixed record. So, I mean, it is interesting. It is easy to count him out based on that loss. But that was a crazy fucking loss. Most people would have got submitted then. So, um, I give it to you, Eddie. Cool. All right. Eddie being the verdict. Pizzi, same question. Alvarez versus Lapicus. What are your thoughts? How do you see it playing out? You got one minute starting now. So I guess for me, this fight is all about is Eddie Alvarez still capable of mixing at the top of these divisions because he's 37 years of age. He's uh, mad into his stocks, right? Like that's something he's got really into. Like, And he's a fantastic analyst. You see him dedicating more time for interviews. I think he should really get a spot doing a bit of commentary or something because he's fantastic at that. But Jason mentioned this earlier. One thing we've seen with all the UFCs that have, UFC fighters that have gone across, like Sage, Norcutt, DJ, Eddie, all their opponents seem to be a lot bigger than them. We, we can't get our heads around this. If this weight-cutting situation is what it's all cracked up to be, these guys should look the same, at least when they're in the cage, and they haven't. As he mentioned, too, this guy's a Moldovan. If any use of trained grappling at all, you know it's a nightmare when a Moldovan dude gets a holy. It's just in their culture, and... Yeah, I, I, I see this as a, a big banana skin moment, to be honest. Um, I'm kind of going towards Lapicus, but I'll just take the safe bet and say the underdog king, the underground king, <laughs> um, Eddie Alvarez, the underdog king. The hot dog king. I'm tired. The I'm tired, guys. King. <laughs> the hot dog king? The hot, hot dog king. <laughs> the dog. That's a belt I can hold. There we go. Now I'm we're talking. The under, undercarriage king. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Please, please have sympathy. Yeah, man. Why don't you go have a poop? Uh, and we'll, I'll just take I'm care of the rest asleep. of the show. I got you, bro. I'm fall asleep. Cool horse my ass cheek might might lull me into a coma. That's that's what MMA today is all about. You know, we bring you the 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 biggest fights. We talk about it, and then we poop. It's great. It's great TV. We are we are already getting off the rails. Fifteen minutes in today. All right, dude. Oh, chat, chat. Just write the word poop in the in the chat. No. Let okay. me know Save you me. got you know my back. You know they're going to do that, too. Exactly. That's why I did it. <laughs> Poopsie. 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 So fucking okay. stupid. All right. Moving on. I'm just waiting for the chat to do that. So, all right. Moving on to our third headline. Pizzi, you will be taking this one to start. We've got Holland versus Vittori, and you'll never... Oh, no, no, no. That's not how it works. You make him vote again. Because it's like... Once, because oh. everybody does it as like a conciliatory prize, you know. It's like, oh, you just lost. We'll we'll give it to Jason now. You know that that's what I'm saying. So it's like, you so still confused. every other we vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah every other. Because ah. I've noticed that there's like a pattern. It's now like when one guy loses, like, oh, we'll give it to him again. You know, it's like let's make it a fresh choice. Again. Now, I... now that we're one and one, okay. then it's a real vote. Pick Jason, please. I'm dying slowly. Everyone's nice. saying poop, by the way. I appreciate you guys. You know, you yeah, guys got our back the, here. There's the chat Thanks. coming in. Okay, so now that I have fully understood the rules, Pick Jason. we <laughs> will be voting on this one. So chat, Pizzi or Jason, in the chat, who should take this third headline of Holland versus Vittori? And surprise, surprise, 
It's the same question because we're breaking down the, basically this whole fight card. So what do you think is going to happen? What will the outcome be? And who do you see taking this win? So let's dive to the chat. And I'm Lots of votes for poop here. Yeah, uh, big lot surprise. Of, a lot of poop. A lot of poop. <laughs> Balian. Balian's doing pretty well here. Yeah, Balian's doing good. Go on, Balian. I think Jason is actually, yeah, Jason is winning. Yeah. He's got about seven or eight that I see. So we will toss going, it Jay. to you, Jason. So give us your thoughts. Holland Vittori, you got one minute starting now. Um, I think what happens a lot of times in sports is you have what's called the hot hand fallacy. So if somebody's scoring a lot, you start to tend to think that they're going to continue to score again. This is something that goes up to gambling. It was uh, explained very nicely in the big short with uh, someone in a bubble bath. I can't remember her name. Margot Robbie. There we go. Uh, I guess everyone's going to leave now. But the whole point is, like, I think a lot of people are looking at Kevin Holland with that hot hand fallacy, that idea, because he's been going in this trend, that he was for sure going to win the last fight, and he's for sure going to lose this fight now. Actually, I think Kevin Holland is probably going to come back a bit more rejuvenated for this one. I think we're going to see the version that we saw against Jacques Array. Um, and I think I think I'm actually giving him a little bit more of a shot here than most people are. Vittori, I think he's on way more of a streak. Vittori looks amazing. He has a round seconds. up against Israel Adesanya. Um, but for some reason, I got a wild hair on this one. I think I'm going to take Kevin Holland. I think he's going to be back to what he looked like at the end of the year. Cool. All right. That's the unpopular, you know. So I said it. So you can't get mad if I say it's the unpopular opinion. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever, do whatever you want, but just uh, that's what I would do. Yeah, it's one of those moments. So, all right, PT, one minute, same topic. Holland Vittori, what do you think is going to happen? Who you got starting now? Giving you a big thumbs up. Jason basically has camouflaged his hate for European people and said it's all about Holland and his hot hands or whatever the hell he just said. But <laughs> I am picking Marvin Vittori all day long in this fight. Um, I love Kevin Holland, by the way. I think MMA needs characters like Holland, and he is an absolute character. Like, I mean, even in the Brunson fight, it kind of had this freak element of watching it, even though nothing much was happening. You were still kind of glued in. Like, this guy's still talking. This is this is bizarre. Um, I do think that it it's a it's a crazy decision, more so than any of his other fights, to step in on short notice this time around because there's clearly a blueprint to beat Kevin Holland. There is Derek Brunson showed us that there is clearly a way to do it. And Marvin Vittori's wrestling is very underrated. This is a guy that before he went to the US, he was very, very confident in his striking skill set. So he's just been working on his wrestling for so long. I I imagine this is going to play out in a very similar way to the Brunson fight. Vittori all day long by a long way. Whoa. Nice. Man, why you why you gotta be so mean, dude? Why do you hate Europe? Why do you hate Europe? Why you gotta be so mean, dude? Why you gotta be so mean? (laughs) I, I, I'm a good guy. I, I eat vegetables. <laughs> no, I don't know where I'm going with that. We are, we are literally Boop. losing it today. I apologize to, to the chat. We are, we're trying, we're trying our hardest. You're doing a great uh, job, Lawton. No, thanks. Great job. Thanks. I appreciate Helping it. You're the one holding it together here, Lawton. We're too, we're, we're out of here today. Yeah. You're going to have to just take Actually, off. Actually, I got the shoes now, too. So you got this? All right, oh let's go, pizza. Oh, poop. <laughs> okay, that, that would be the greatest chat, just me sitting here like, hey, guys, let's uh, talk about so... shit. I don't know. <laughs> Floyd is a boxer. Sikiku Barra is a hard to pronounce name. Um, hey. All right, let's do it. I've been doing pretty good with the names. All right, moving on to the next topic. Pizza, since Jason won the last vote, you'll oh, be taking no. this one. 
the headline is Floyd versus Sakakibara. Sakikibara. Sakakibara is how it's spelled, but like people always say Sakikibara. Sakikibara. Okay, well, there you go. You learned something new today. So if you guys didn't see, we've got a tweet on the screen from good old Dana White. Can you check that notification for me real quick, actually? No, No, we're not going to check Twitter notifications. So (laughs) if you didn't see this tweet... Here it is, Dana White, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? And he tagged Floyd and Sakakibara, who I said that wrong again. So It's all good. We just want to talk about what the hell does this mean? What's going on here? So, Pizzi, you'll be the first. What do you think this tweet means? You've got one minute. Give us your amazing thoughts, starting now. Well, like, first of all, I was imagining that it was would be really funny if Dana was just going through a part of Vegas and saw Sakaki Barra and Floyd Mayweather just standing there, and he just walked over and put his arms around them <laughs> and was like, what the hell's going on here? And just walked away. But, I mean, it's got to be something. I really hope it's something, because for weeks, me and Jay have been talking about, this is why, like, every other promotion will do this kind of thing, apart from the UFC. And it would be really badass if we saw Sakaki Barra and Dana White hooking up again. It's a long time since that happened back in the Pride days. I would love to see something like this happen. I doubt it, though. I just, I just can't see it happening. Like the UFC are holding on to that monopoly of the of the sports so tightly. I just can't imagine what it could be. But I think the mitigating factor here is Floyd Mayweather, right? Like that guy is the biggest name in combat sports. He could sell out absolutely anything he puts his name to. So I think he's the mitigating factor. I, I, I'm optimistic, but I just can't see it happening. I hope it does. I just can't see it happening. All right, Jason, you got same thing, one minute, break down this tweet from Dana White. What do you think it means? What could it mean? Or was it what PT said? Just a fluke. Just passed him in Vegas. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, Jason, one minute starting now. What? I don't understand. I don't even know why I made this a question. I have no clue what the fuck is going on here. We're just speculating. <laughs> what are we even doing here? What the, what the shit is this? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they're going to try to set up some sort of boxing thing again with Floyd. Maybe maybe this is a weird foray into like UFC boxing, Zufa boxing again or something. But Tzatziki Bar is there, so that doesn't make any sense. What's the connection? What does this mean? I don't fucking know, but it's weird, and I wanted to talk about it today because it's topical. That's all I got. <laughs> wow. Okay. 30. That good enough for you, Instagram? That good enough for you? 30 seconds in. Oh, I don't know. Like, what? Like, it's so hard to imagine what this could possibly be. Like, it really is out there. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can understand Pride and UFC back in the day because they were pretty much on a, a level playing field. That Pride yeah. was ahead, obviously, yeah. but UFC was the young gun coming up, stirring up all this shit. I just don't get it between Ryzen and the UFC. I don't, I don't see where the catch is for the viewer unless it's Floyd Mayweather. But yeah. Well, I mean, like, Sakiki Bar, they made him sign a 10-year no-compete clause. Like, once they sold the company, they were like, you can't be the face of Dream, for instance, when that was going on. I imagine he was probably involved behind the scenes. You know, that's just a guess. But, like, they told him he couldn't be a part of anything. He couldn't be the face of anything. So he wasn't for about 10 years. And uh, so it's like, well, they're probably not about to promote with that guy. Floyd, they've already done something with. But, I mean, they're not going to do another Connor fight. Like... I have no clue. I really, it, it's so perplexing. It's so strange. It's so out of the blue. I don't know. Anybody I got any theories? Think my theory, 
that like Dana just bumped into them in a casino and was generally going, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> that's that's the most logical you thing for right me to pull that. from that. You might be right. I, I don't have a clue what what this could be in terms of some like an amalgam between the two of them to do something. I, I just can't. Like, I mean, what? Who would it be for Floyd? But even if it was right, say if it's on, um, Ryzen's end is is Floyd Mayweather. Who who do you do you put him in there with? And what mm. is the point in having Ryzen there to co-promote? I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Um, you know, fun fact about this photo, if you can pull it back up, Dana White, when Pride was on top, he was actually shorter than Sakikabar because he was so young. That's the dumbest joke I've ever made. All right, we can move on to the next one. It looks like they're in a Roman emperor's house. I wonder. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like, hell. Well, I mean, talk about quaint decor. <laughs> something tells me that is like a UFC facility, though. I don't know why. But it just feels like, I don't know, it matches some of the shit I've seen. Yeah, maybe (laughs) they probably did just run into each other. But like, so why is Floyd with Siki Yubara though? Was he just like, oh man, we were just, you know, during a pandemic, let's just go. The tension rematch. I think he can turn it around. (laughs) I think he can. (laughs) I have no idea, man. No idea. But anyone have any insights give us give us your theories in the comments and we'll um see if lawton can hit us with some of the good ones because uh i am at a complete loss Lawton, there to, to understand what's going on no no I don't, I don't have any takes i i do like the uh i like the random potentially just accidentally running into each other <laughs> and he was like i could i don't know dana obviously but i could see us be like you know it'd be fucking funny if we posted a yeah picture and tease something <laughs> And just, just make the entire MMA world So that all the out. MMA channels on their live chats this week would start talking about it for no damn reason. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just like happened. the world of boxing, the UFC, and Ryzen were like, you know what? One championship is just getting too much attention today. Let's just take a fucking picture. <laughs> like, let's just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here, you can go ahead. Jay, Jay let's, let's, do a, let's do a bit of role playing here. I'm going to pretend to be a media member. You're going to pretend to be Dana Hoy. I'm going to ask you what this picture is about, and you're going to reply as Dana Hoy, okay? Right, right. I'll do Oscar Willis's accent. Dana, just a quick question here. Uh, you put a picture up with Sakaki Barra and Floyd Mayweather. What's going on there? She looked like Vanderlei Silva in a dress and heel. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. That's not what you asked? Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and she did, and she did. That's that's the best impression I got. Pride rules? Paid, paid rules? Paid rules? Oh, what? All right. All right. We're getting back on. <laughs> was that going. was that a good enough answer for you, Oscar? That was perfect. That was that was that was. I thought Dano would join the chat there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. All right. Okay. Moving on. Fifth and final topic. We will be voting on this one since it's the last one. So chat, Jason, Pizzi. Who should take it? Put it in the chat. We've got the headline Pitbull versus AJ McKee. So we had an incredible performance by Pitbull over the weekend. What are your thoughts on this fight? So kind of same thing. We're just breaking down a bunch of fights today. So now we're talking about Pitbull versus McKee. Let's jump to the chat. Who should take it? (laughs) People are putting Tom in the chat. Yeah, it was like Tom Ransom. He is not here, so... I don't blame any of them for picking anyone but us, though. Today, <laughs> to be honest, we haven't started hard. I'm telling you, Lawton needs to take one. No, 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 no. All Ooh. right, Lego hair. I'll take that one, dude. I'll take that. I think it's... you should see my shit underneath this hat, mate. <laughs> it is wrong. Yeah, we're all doing a little rough. All right, it is close. The next one I see is gonna get it. 
if the chat will ever load. I don't know why it says uh, Lawton was the next one, of course. Thanks, Thanks <laughs> yeah. Dixon Cider. Now everyone is doing that. Okay. Oh. The last one I saw before that shit was PT. So PT. Oh. Okay. Oh, well. Well. Whatever. I don't see you it. You just robbed me like that? The next I didn't one see just it. There's, I see Balian and Lawton yeah. and Tom I have everywhere. eyes. You have eyes? No, go for it. The hills have eyes. The hills have eyes. All right. PT. Horrible get movie. Get us out of the Kumite. Give us your thoughts <laughs> on Pitbull versus McKee about this past weekend. I just want to say that it was Lawton's idea for us to go this off the rails today. He was just like, you know what? You guys just need to talk about poop. You, you yep. need to get the chat engaged in Lawton way more in me. You know, and I was like, all right, dude, well, yeah, th- whatever. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea, but we'll do it for you, Lawton. <laughs> Any day. This is going to get even worse outside the Kuma Day because yeah. this is the only part that actually has structure. The rest of aces are wild for the rest of it. So, oh my god, very true. All right, PT, one minute. Pitbull versus McKee. Give us your thoughts starting now. This is perfect for Bellator. This is literally the fight everybody would have wanted to see from the get go in this tournament. Um, I love AJ McKee. I think he's the best prospect in the world. I think he is literally the best prospect in all of the sport. And now when he's getting up to this title situation, that obviously sees him kind of shed that that status as a prospect. He's now a title contender. But I think it's an exceptionally difficult test for him. Like Pitbull, for whatever reason, is just criminally underrated. Like the guy is literally one of the best fighters in the world. Um, but the thing with AJ is he does things that you just don't expect. He... He is way better in every era of MMA than I think he is. He proves that every time. Every time I think there's some part of his game, like against Brian Moore, he didn't put on the best striking display, but his striking has been great since then. His submissions are unbelievable. I I love the fight. I can't wait to see it. It's the best fight Bellator has had in a long, long time. I'm tentatively picking Pitbull, but I just can't wait to watch it. Mm. Cool. All right. Jason, same thing. Thoughts? Pitbull McKee, you got one minute starting now. Uh, yeah, so on this one, it's such a strange one because we just haven't seen AJ McKee against this top-level talent consistently. So he's got the Darion Caldwell win, which was ridiculously impressive. The way he submitted him, everybody was like, what the hell did he even do? <laughs> what was that? It was awesome. Um, he has Pat Curran on his record, Derek Campos. None of those guys hold a candle to uh you know pitbull here and of course darian caldwell does but um even then you know his championship reign is pretty far gone as well um by now and i mean caldwell looked great early on in the tournament you know he looked really strong so i mean it's it's all these factors but pitbull the thing that we've seen out of him is just absolute sheer domination for the past few years he has that beautiful looking win especially now over michael chandler michael chandler was already the biggest star for him now he's fighting for the ufc championship so, um, I would say it's hard to pick for him, but wait, wait, wait. Is, is Pitbull a European? Yes. Okay, well then, AJ McKee wins. <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> I was like, where's he going with that? No, I'm definitely picking Pitbull, but if he was European, I would say no. Cool. All right. Well, move it over <laughs> to the general chat and see where the hell this goes. All right, so um, let's talk Be about gentle. Legos. Let's talk about stuff you know what's what's oh, love lego. <laughs> lego. you know we, they used to, that's a dublin terminology i love lego that's a dublin they they, uh, they used to say like if someone was ugly they'd call them lego because their face was in bits that's what they used to say all right well uh, 
Uh, Lego hair, though. Okay, good. Okay, it's just ugly hair. I got this. I got this. You've got fabulous hair. Thanks, dude. The boys agree. Um, no, one didn't give me anything there. I feel like I'm missing a super chat here for some reason. I've got them. Yeah, because there was one before Dick's Insider. We're going to jump into that, but I want to get your opinions on all this stuff. Obviously, I really want to get everyone's takes on the one fights tonight because, I mean, that's happening. I, I believe that starts at 8 p.m. local time here, 9 p.m. Eastern, but super late for the Europeans. How many people are staying up for it? I want to ask that question as well. But I was just doing the maths in my head. So this, like, Rogue Rogue's fight isn't until half two in the morning here. Oof. Yikes. Gonna have to catch that shit. I don't even know where to watch one tonight because it's on TNT now. Does, are we still getting it on the app or the YouTube page or what, what's going on? Any Europeans can tell me, please. That would be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Done a research today. Big time. But usually, usually you can just watch it on the, the YouTube through, through the app they have. Right. And I don't know if that's going to apply because of this TNT thing that we don't have here. So Yeah, I think they can uh, geo-block it for Americans not to watch it. But then again, but we had Bellator announcing their showtime thing and then just threw it on youtube i was like wait what i thought this was like the whole point was to get people to sign up for showtime maybe they were just teasing it so i mean who knows they might do the same thing that bellator just did but uh, yeah i would imagine it's probably on youtube for you guys for the homies well how else will seven trillion people watch it if it's not available you know what i mean like that's the thing (laughs) yeah you got a good point yeah yeah you gotta make it free (laughs) including the tickets to get in uh what okay um what were some of the super chats yeah so we got the first one from michael horowitz good to see you as always 4.99 he said what's up one championship is better than the ufc change my mind tommy okay well um let's give tommy to hold a call real quick um bring him in I mean, I think one championship is great in a lot of ways. They have a lot of really good things going on. I think they exaggerate their numbers. I think they do a lot of ridiculous things behind the scenes. That makes me question them as an organization. Not to say that the UFC doesn't ever do that. Um, But uh, in terms of, yeah, I think they've got some really great competition going on over there. And tonight is about as good as their debut could possibly be. They got their two Mm -hmm. biggest american stars going on american television how else would you do it this is how you do it you do it starting off with a bang and even their first fight you know uh, if you guys haven't seen the wonderful piece that actually pc and lawton have done this week the rug rug piece you have like of course pc will have a chance to talk about that as well but um i think it's a, a really great card i think it's fantastic do i think they're better than the ufc no uh some, sometimes it's like it's a I think I think he was joking when he wrote that, but sometimes it's like the hipster thing to not like the popular thing and just go for the underdog. Um, I think there are things to like about one, absolutely. Um, but is it better than the UFC? I would not say that. No. Yeah. What do you think, Pete? Any takes? I can completely agree with you. It's not. No, it's nowhere near it. <laughs> I think honestly, I, I think. Uh, I think the best product in MMA at the moment is Cage Warriors. To be honest, them mm. trilogy events they put on. Like the, the problem with the UFC, right? <laughs> yeah, the the problem Sorry. with the UFC is they're like they have good pay per views, no doubt about that. But mm. the cards in between now, because of all these travel restrictions, because yeah. of the constant withdrawals, because of COVID, like the cards aren't great. Like the cards aren't great, and a lot of the undercards are not rich with talent that we're used to seeing in the UFC. So for that reason, for me, then for narrative purposes, I prefer to watch Cage Warriors because at least I know what's happening there. Like, the best guys are going to fight the best guys until they get the belt, and then they're going to go to the UFC. And 
if you follow something like that, like like a lot of European fans do, like you know these guys, you you know the ups and downs. You can have a guy go on a four fight win streak and then come out like a four fight losing streak and then suddenly reemerge on a great win streak and get an opportunity to fight for the title. So for me, that's pure sport and that's what UFC doesn't do. So it gives you a completely different take. They're yeah. not trying to do what the UFC does. They have a unique, um, a unique method and a unique purpose to that that uh, organization. So. For me, that's that's where I am at the very moment. Like, I mean, when the world opens up again, I'm sure the UFC are going to take it away and run with it again. And, and their pay-per-views can't be competed with. But do I think one championship is better than the UFC? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some great things about them. But, yeah, it, there is a bit of a disparity there. To say, though, like, so we are planning on streaming the card. Because, A, Bailey and it's like 2 p.m. for us, which means it's only 8, you know, for Europeans there. So, like... If you're in that GMT, uh, you know, BST uh, timeline, it's really great for you. So we're going to go ahead and do that one. Plus, we want to see these Venom kits in the wild, see what they actually look like. So that would be fun to watch. But, like, there's some banger fights on here. Arnold Allen, you, you want to talk about some prospects coming out of that region. Arnold Allen is fucking it. And so Deke Yusuf, I mean, this guy is a star in the making. They both are. It's an incredible, incredible fight. Um, Kyle Dacus, of course, he's coming over from uh, Cage Fury Fighting Championships. We covered him and his fight against Hisraev, which is happening. Uh, uh, that, that's the third card down from the fight. But Hisraev is a ridiculous prospect coming out of uh, Russia. Just really, really good. Sam Alvey versus Julian Marquez. That's more of a fun fight. Nina Ansaroff versus Mackenzie Duran. I think that's a banger. I don't really care that much about Mike Perry. Let's be real. But Daniel Rodriguez, it is going to be a firefight. So... I think it's a uh, a decent main card. Um, Jim Miller versus Joe Selecki. Scott Holtzman versus Mateusz Gamrat. Shout out to Scott Holtzman because he's from Tennessee. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other ones here that I'm just like yeah, super I think, stoked I think for. This card is a lot better. This card is a lot better than what we're used to seeing yeah. every weekend. UFC that isn't a pay per view. Like I think that's because it's ABC. They want to make a big impression. Um, and, and look, you you mentioned it there. The the Allen v Yusuf fight. Ooh. You don't get to see fights like that so often where there's two surging hot prospects matched together because usually they want to put them against an older head in the division, build them up more. So this is a absolutely amazing fight to have as a co-main event, in my opinion. Yeah, um, that's like the people's main event for me. Like, I don't, I, Just because Kevin Holland is coming off the loss, I get that he's the bigger name, but I feel like this has more implications for both men as opposed to, like, I feel like Vittori... I mean... You know, I went the underdog pick and picked Holland. But most people kind of see this as a foregone conclusion. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what else, Jay. There's a massive amount of pressure here on Gamrot coming over from the K- from KSW. He mm. lost his debut, a close fight. But this guy was considered untouchable yeah. in KSW, you know? Yeah. And Norman Park probably ran him closest in their fights. A lot of rivalry, a lot of fouls in those fights. Pokes, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of crazy face-offs where a lot of crazy shit was said too but this would be crazy if he came in and lost to scott holtzman here like this would pretty much be like it it would be nearly an indictment on ksw because you've come into the ufc you haven't it's not like they've thrown him into to fight habib Mm. in his first fight it's fights that people would have thought based on his lineage based on the legacy he created in ksw that he'd win so i think that's a huge issue if he loses that fight i think there will be a lot of questions look and look one of my favorite people in the game, Jack Shore is back. Um, Jack Shore, 
a cage warriors champion he is basically the heartbeat of that well scene there's so mm. many things that are happening in wales with mma at the moment but jack shore has been the leading light he's coached by his father richard shaky shore a man who's been in the game longer than anyone really in the uk mm. it's a great story he's a, he's a brilliant brilliant face for mma in wales so i can't wait to see him back in there against hunter azure so yeah look there's there's lots of good fights in this card um when I was talking about one championship in the UFC, I was talking about the UFC, basically the way they have been over the last year with COVID. Yeah. Um, but I think this card is a lot better than uh, your average fight night card. Yeah, I mean, there's some banging fights on here. I mean, Impa Kasagna is back. You know, obviously he had a, a you know kind of rough outing last year, but William Knight's back. He was supposed to be on the, the card a couple of weeks ago. He was one of the people I'm really hyped about. Uh, Jordan Griffin, I really like him a lot. Um, uh, there's just a lot Impa of people. looks pe- brilliant. Yeah, Impa Impa looks so good. Um, apart from obviously the Joaquin Buckley lost, like that was a freak moment. Okay, like I mean that that was something we'd never we've literally never seen before in MMA. How he lost that fight, I was really impressed by his debut. I thought he was perfect for a guy that was only seven and zero going into that fight. I thought he looked so just so well skilled so mm. so mature so composed so i'm i'm still expecting big things from him but to be honest yeah i agree with that too i mean i mean some some things just happen i mean it's the exact same argument i was making for lapicus and what happened in that crazy fight with christian lee where it, like he just you can do some ridiculous things but mma there are just so many damn variables you know what i mean it's like what he did i mean it, like Man, I wish we could show that. We might even be able to because we have a good relationship with one. I, I wish I could show you guys that. Maybe uh, maybe we'll hold off just to be totally safe. But, I mean, literally, he was in full mount, flipped out, got himself into an ankle lock position, hill hook. I'm not sure exactly what he was going for. And Christian Lee just beat the shit out of him while he was doing it. But he did, like, the right thing. You know, he did, like, a really, really crafty move um and it didn't matter and impa i think falls into that category here as well it's like some people they're just going to hit you with something you're just not ready for because the the sport continues to evolve and it's like we've never seen anybody get knocked out like that it's just so so crazy um i'd pick i'd nearly pick impa against joaquin if they fought again if they fought again wow yeah yeah hopefully we do get to see that down the line hopefully he gets a chance to earn that shot again because i mean Joaquin's had some tough fights as well. So, um, Dixon Cider, $5. Amazing work as always, guys. Tristan Connolly fighting, <laughs> finally getting another fight booked. Exciting fighter, in my opinion. Thoughts and other exciting news poop. Okay, thanks, Dixon Cider. Uh, living up to the pun nickname there that you've given yourself. Um, well, so Tristan Connolly, yeah. So he's really well known for upsetting Michelle Pereira. So to see him back. I mean, has he even fought since then? Am I like going crazy in my mind? He has not fought. Maybe there just wasn't as high profile a fight. But let's look up Tristan Connolly. I believe that was his last fight. Um, let's see. Fights out of Can- Can- Canada, <laughs> Canada, right? Oh, so you got it pulled up. Yeah. So he hasn't fought since then. So that's been a year and a half. Am I doing good math? Yes, it is. <laughs> I was like, wait, we're in 2021. It just feels like the time's just gone by like crazy. But yeah, so like um, he he has definitely proven himself as a prospect. Obviously, that Michel Pereira fight, he kind of fucked up on his own there. It's kind of the way that a lot of people see the Kevin Holland fight. Um, In my mind, Kevin Holland just got dominated on the ground and 
started resorting to uh, <laughs> trying to play mind games, in my mind. But uh, people do see it the same way as this Michel Pereira fight, where he was flipping around the cage, trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff, trying to, you know, uh, do what he's known for, to be fair, get crazy, spectacular knockouts. You know, it's like Showtime kick every fight. You know, it's like he's pulling that kind of stuff out. Um, but, I mean, Tristan Connolly looked like a seasoned vet. You know, I think he's a great fighter, and I'm excited to see him back. So he's on quite the run as well. So let's see what happens. Is Tristan fighting this weekend? He's fighting at 261. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, it I think it's it's one of those things where it kind of takes away from the other guy's win when people are like, "Oh, it was his fault." Like same same as like Holland, like Brunson should be like, "I think we should be talking about the prospect killer, this mm. guy that's coming in and upending all these hot talents." But because Holland is the headline catcher, he's a guy that everyone was talking about going into the fight. He's obviously stealing the headlines coming out of it. Same with Michelle, but like, it's not easy to fight that guy. Mm-hmm. I can remember Danny Roberts before he fought him in his mm-hmm. debut. Like, Danny boxed, like, professionally before he went to MMA. And I can remember speaking to him offline, like, the interview hadn't started. And I was like, you must be rubbing your hands together here, Danny. Like, I mean, if you stay safe, like, it's it's all, it's all going to go your way, I'd say, in your head, the way you see it. Like, if he can just stay very orthodox, throw straight punches, it's going to cause yeah. him a lot of problems. But this guy comes out, throws a spinning backflip, upside down cartwheel kick and he's like well none of my sparring partners were doing this and then he gets knocked out you know it's it's a hard it's a hard dude to to fight and i love that he's michelle's finally found that balance between being a carnival act and being a fighter Mm. because he is very strict with himself now and you can nearly see it like a child bringing a child to a playground when he's putting the octagon because he has to keep telling himself like no don't do it yet don't do it (laughs) hold back hold back yeah (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Absolutely. So Tristan Connolly, credit to him for doing that. And I think it's great that, um, you know, people in the chat are asking about him because, I mean, he deserves the rub from that. It's exactly like what you said. People should be talking about Derek Brunson more, but people tend to steal the headlines when they're the story going in and they did something that, you know, in some ways was their fault. You know, it's like the Weidman versus Silva fight when he was clowning mm-hmm. around in the first one. And unfortunately, it became the same thing with a broken leg. So it's tough. Do you think, right, uh, Jay? I, I, this is how I feel about the Holland situation. I think he is looking for a quick fix so people forget about the Brunson fight. And I just yeah. don't think this is like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, he might win. He, like, he is capable. He is, he has great knockout power, long and rangy, very awkward striker, uh, has power in weird situations, as you said about uh, the Jack, Jackaray knockout. But I feel as though it's kind of like a process where he's like, I'll just get in there and win, and people will forget about Brunson. And you're like, Man, Vittori fights very similarly to him. Mm. Like, he can at least. He's capable of doing it. You feel like that? Like, he's just looking at, like, let's get a quick fix. Let's put something else in their head so they forget about that Brunson one. Because he said himself that he was, uh, you know, he has been rightfully ridiculed about his performance that night. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't agree with that more. Because, I mean, you see that with fighters, especially when it's around a title. It's a little bit more clear. You know, it's like... Well, what did Connor do when he lost in any of his big high-profile losses? Dude, he wants to fight the next day. <laughs> um, Gilbert Burns was already, you know, talking about wanting to take a fight as soon as possible. You know what I mean? It's like, so you see that the contrast like is really nicely lit for you because they're on such a pedestal when they're saying it. And I think the same thing goes for somebody like um, Holland here, who has a ton of hype behind him, just had a, a really bad demoralizing loss. I mean, nothing in that fight went his way from the bell beginning to the last one, you know? 
And <clears throat> yeah, I think he's absolutely trying to quickly throw a Band-Aid over this one. And uh, yeah, I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but he wants to come back very quickly and say, you know what, that loss was a fluke. That wasn't me. I'm going to show you who the real Kevin Holland is. And uh, yeah, it's I a think tough like, one. I think like, obviously, obviously if he goes in there and he flatlines Marvin Vittori, everyone's going to be like, wow, Holland's amazing. And as they should, if he does yeah. that, absolutely. Yeah. But... I think they would have just had a, like as much respect and be as just as excited about Holland if he had to start putting up pictures from AKA where he mm. said he'd go and train with Daniel Cormier and he's like, I am doing this. I am, I am committed to learning more about this. I think that would have caused a similar amount of hype within the MMA community because they do get behind guys who are trying to improve. Oh, like, yeah. we, we've seen that in the fan base before. So I just feel like that's a safer way to fix mm. this situation than going in against one of the best fighters at middleweight, mm. having just lost to one of the best fighters at middleweight. Yeah. People love a good underdog story. It's hard not to relate to it. So there's this, it's like, a, I mean, it's kind of like a weird dystopian like pattern that you see among fandom. And Israel Adesanya called this perfectly. He said, People are going to root for you on the come up, but once you get too big, they're going to be rooting for your downfall. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think Kevin Holland got quite that far, but I do think he hit such an explosive level to where I wouldn't say he was at the top, quote unquote. But in terms of notoriety, I mean, he's right up there with some of those like top prospects in the entire world of MMA that has hype around him. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, oh, well, he lost now, so fuck him. There are fans that are that way. It, it just is a reality, and I'm not saying people in the chat are that way, but um, that does exist. We did just get another super chat from Mickey Chacken. There's no way that's how that's pronounced, <laughs> but I'm going to go with it. $5. Disappointed one didn't start the women's Adam Wake Grand Prix on the DJ Card TNT Series debut. Thought it would have got a lot more invested in the tourney. Yeah, it seems like they're really going with the kickboxing Muay Thai route, you know. Um, can somebody verify for me if the Rod Tang fight? I, I honestly don't know much about him. I'm as casual as casual gets on kickboxing fights. Of course, I'm going to watch it and heard everything about him. I'm more focused on the MMA side because, hey, it's a big point. Go figure. But um, it does seem like they're more focused on trying to get people... I mean, the main event, at least uh, according to the way they have it listed right now, is Rod Tang. You know, I don't know too much about Daniel Williams. Uh, I only have really heard uh, about Rod Tang. So it seems like they're going that route. And I agree with you. They should be looking at, especially on this, their main attraction is MMA. On this card tonight, that's what it is. It's all about MMA stars. And let's try to put some of the, uh, you know, prominent women. Uh, up there along with them for the Adam Weight Grand Prix. I think that's a huge place to have done it. So, yeah, I think that's a great take. I happen to agree what with that. The, what do you think about the the visual, the the viewing experience of that? Like when when you have these different codes on the same cards as MMA. I I personally don't really like it mm. to be honest. Um, I, I like watching boxing main events. I like watching you know if it's a, a big glory kickboxing event, uh, Verhoeven or Bada Harry, someone like that. Yeah. Well, I, I just I feel like it's it's it kind of pauses my viewing experience, right? Because mm. we're very invested in MMA as MMA fans, as, as people who you know watch everything to do with MMA. And I just feel like I don't know. This, this might be just me, but just my my preference is just an all MMA card. I, I don't. Yeah. I understand that these people are very talented. I understand that they're amazing champions and what they do. It's just it's just weird for me. Like imagine going to an American football game and they roll out some basketball nets at halftime and expect your full attention for that as well. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just, it feels weird to me. Yeah. I, 
what uh, what it makes me think of is the opposite. You know, when we were in the dark ages and nobody was really watching the sport and it was basically on its deathbed, at least in the West, you know, pride was thriving during that time. But what it makes me think of is like, would we have around that time enjoyed someone putting an MMA fight, a big one, you know, like Chuck versus Tito obviously ended up doing one on its own. But what if it was on there with a Tyson fight, you know, because Tyson was still fighting back then too. Like, we probably would have been stoked about it. You know, I think the one of the beliefs has been for a very long time that kickboxing, Muay Thai, it should, it should be bigger in America because people, I mean, they complain about the ground game. They complain about, and, you know, and especially with, you know, um, uh, the European fans, a lot of them are still just all about boxing, especially in England, you know, just all about some boxing, still think it's cage fighting. It still has this connotation, which is much closer to the dark ages. Um, uh, of course, if you're in uh, Northern England, it's a bit different, but it, it makes you wonder if it's that strategy. You know, they're, they, they've invested a lot into this and what they're trying to do is put it on that platform and make it popular to answer your question, how I feel about it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I would much rather this just be a straight MMA card because I, I always go back to that classic question. Why do I watch MMA? Why do I care about MMA? It's because they're the best fighters on the planet. Why do I care about that more than boxing and kickboxing any other variation, BJJ, you know, amateur wrestling, Sambo. Uh, why do I care about this more than those things? It's because it's the com combination of all of them and putting it together when it's the riskiest, it's the craziest. It's when you can flip over a full mountain to a hill hook and you can't get the goddamn thing because somebody just hit you with something. Impacasagani getting hit with that ridiculous kick. You know, it's like, I think that's the part that attracts me to it. And so I just don't really care about any, other, I do care about other combat sports, but on a more cursory level. So yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you entirely. Uh, I get where they're coming from, but I'm, I'm, I'm more with you on this one for sure. I, I think for like Foy fans in general, the thing that we care about is stories. Like if, if you want to put this fight on, tell me something, tell me, like, I know they'll yeah. say it, Michael Chiavella will say it, like, you know, as they're walking out or whatever. But the big fights are the ones you build up to and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this. Like, I've watched I've watched Georgie Petrosian on, on one and been completely enthralled by what he's doing because I know hmm. he is the cream of the crop. I know just from, as you say, a cursory knowledge of this sport that he is one of the best to ever do it. So I'm interested in watching it. So that's what I'd like to see them do. If they, were, if they are going to do this, Tell the MMA fans why it's important, why it's exciting. I know it was a tournament at the start. They had the Muay Thai tournament. They had the kickboxing tournament, things like this. Hmm. But I don't even know if that's still going. I don't even know if we're in a quarterfinal, semifinal, or are we just doing fights now? Yeah. But if you're putting on there, make us care. Give yeah. us some skin in the game. That's all I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a big part about it. Um, I think the narrative that I've heard mostly from fans, you know, I've not really heard it from the promotion and I you know, I wouldn't doubt that there are hype videos that have lots of views on their, their YouTube channel. It's not that they're not trying, but it's obviously the bigger message that is getting across to me is obviously the MMA side. And it's not really resonating if they are trying it. Um, yeah, the, all the storylines going into this one are from fans. I'm not getting it from the promotion itself at this stage. Or know. from MMA on point and our fantastic Rogue Rogue video that you should watch. Hey, <laughs> seriously, like that's the most viewed prospect video we've ever done. Uh, people are really enjoying it. Uh, I definitely think if you have not seen it, 
this is probably the one because obviously we're getting better at what we're doing. We're getting more involved in it. it was I'm feel really strongly about all the pieces that have come out so far, but it's like it it's happening tonight. You know, it's like you definitely want to check it out now. So the 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 crazy thing about this is <clears throat> um this Senegalese um loot, this uh the wrestling, the traditional mm. wrestling and then the loot of Ekfrak with with the strikes. This is a, a very interesting transition for these guys to MMA. Like, I mean, there is a lot of skill sets there that transition well. And we've seen KSW come in and get uh, Bombardier, a two-time king of the arenas, which is basically, like, mm. considered the greatest at, at what they do. But the guy's, like, 44. He's over 300 pounds. Wow. He, he, like, he's a fantastic athlete. Don't get me wrong. But the, the point I'm making is, like, you know, we know through... Usman through Adesanya and through Nganu that Africa is this talent rich area that you know it's 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 pretty much untapped Aries went in there to Senegal and they got Rug Rug yeah. but you know if you watch the video you'll see that um, Rug Rug's brother Laity was doing all the translation Laity rang me yesterday hmm. from an arena in Senegal and he's like well look look at this this is this is my life every day wow. and I'm, I'm seeing like you know thousands of people there and I'm going, well, this must be a big deal, is it? And he's like, no, this is a schools tournament. Oh. And then I was like, what? So, so then he turns the camera around. So I'm looking at the arena and not one word of a lie, a six foot seven, 300 pound, 16 year old stands up and starts wrestling. And lady's going to me like, lady's going to me, this guy wants to do MMA. And I was like, holy wow. shit. Like, like the thing is, right? Someone like Rug Rug, has to earn his reputation. He has to go through all these different communities and villages and claim the flags yeah, to say, like, yeah. I'm the dominant wrestler here. But the thing that MMA is going to do here, it's going to put them on a fast track to earning because until you get to those big Lutavec frap uh, wrestling with strikes fights, you're not earning a lot of money. But if some MMA promoter could go in there and get one of these schools talents at, like, 18, 19, like, Rug Rug's 29 now, 20. I think he made his debut when he was 28. Hmm. He's 29 now. He still has a huge road in front of him. But if someone could go in there like Fernand Lopez did and start tapping up this talent from a young age, yeah, we could see some amazing, amazing athletes coming into MMA. So it's it's very interesting to see that Rug Rug is the spark that lit the fuse here. Mm. He's the guy that has has made the sport huge in Senegal. They're seeing as an option now. Wow. Um, Lady gave us a great description of of how all that kind of came together, and you can check it out on the the prospects video. I'd advise you to see it because I feel like this is a story that we're going to be hearing more and more about in MMA. Wow, yeah, it sounds like you know it's pulling one of the great arts out of the region. You know, it's like American wrestling coming to the fore, and like American wrestlers getting turned on. Dan Severn. And, you know, Mark Coleman, all those old guys, then they're coming around and moving over from their disciplines into the sport. We obviously had, you know, the Irish invasion. We had the Canada being a hot spot. We have Sambo now exploding in MMA. It's just like every week, ACA is basically putting on a card with all these incredible guys. And Hizriev is fighting this weekend with, you know, some incredible credentials himself. It sounds like that hotbed is just awakening right now of people that have been their entire lives competing and just doing these amazing things. And it sounds like there's some real phenom talents that they're just starting to become awakened to it. Like the, you said he was six foot seven, 300 pounds and he's 16. Man, he had to be because he just dwarfed everyone there God. and they were huge. They were all fucking huge. That's and unreal. Like, like you, you see these big sand pits that they compete in and, there's like eight matches going on mm. like and this kid just gets up and stands up and i'm like 
who in the name of Christ <laughs> is that guy? And he's like, oh, he wants to do MMA. And I was like, I, I, I pretty much believe that he will be the greatest champion of all time. Wow. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's just some guy, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, people out here right now trying to compete. And uh, yeah, he's just one of them. Like, oh shit, okay, let me see the rest. I'd love to go and see it because even like, it, it seems like just such a, like a rich history yeah. in this sport. And, 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 you know, they say, yeah, uh, late he was telling me like, if, if you walk through Dakar, the capital of Senegal at nighttime, along the coast, you'll just see a load of kids mm. training all night along at the beach. Like, imagine seeing that these, these these guys just wrestling and wrestling, like, under the toilet because it's cooler then and they can breathe more and get more air into the system, man. It's it's an unbelievable mm. story. I really, I really can't wait to see what happens there. Yeah, it's like um, it, it sounds like it's like their version of American football or world football. It's it sounds mm. like it's like their sport, like their thing. You know what I mean? I'm sure those other sports are big there too. But for for you to describe basically a, a school competition that big, that packed, holy crap, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. They say yeah, um, like over there, the the Senegalese wrestlers are bigger than football stars. So we know in Africa, football is huge. Soccer, mm. sorry, soccer. Soccer ball is huge. <laughs> well, they <done>. actually, <laughs> the uh, the blue chip marketing agencies will hire these wrestlers to be the face for their toothpaste or the face for an alcoholic wow. beverage. So like they're all over the billboards and selling like soccer players and Senegal is a fantastic football players over the years. So really, really interesting. Wow, dude. Yeah. So this guy we're talking about rug rug is like, can you actually just talk about his credentials? Because he's ridiculously stacked yeah. in, in terms of what he's yeah. accomplished. So he, he's had hundreds and hundreds of fights. The guy is the guy, if you're talking about just straight wrestling, his career, as far as I'm informed, is completely unrivaled. He has represented Senegal three times at the Echoas, which is the Western African kind of championships, and he's won it three times. Wow. So so basically, he has this amazing reputation for his wrestling ability. He goes into the Lutevec frap fights, which is wrestling with strikes. And he has a record of 13 and 2 there. But the two aren't losses. They're without verdict. So the mm. fights are 10 minutes. And if nobody gets pinned within those 10 minutes, um, it goes without verdict. So he's undefeated in Lutevec frap. But to get to that level of the legends like Yakini and Bombardier, who are the king of the arenas, Tyson, all these guys... You have to have a huge reputation and you have to be you have to be profitable. Like you have to be a guy who immediately people think of when they think of the sport. And I think he mm. was still making his way up that ladder. I think he he would have I asked him, he's definitely confident he'd go in and take on these guys and beat them, but wow. they want to take on the big guys like Bombardier wants to take on Yakini, guys like mm. this. There's two other guys fighting for the King of the Arenas this year. I forget their names unfortunately. But he believes that he will be a champion in one. He'll be a champion in the UFC. And after that, he's going to return to Senegal to become the king of the arenas. And if you look at the ages of these champions, like someone were in their mid-40s, like he can absolutely do that. Mm. And um, But what an amazing spotlight he's putting on this sport. Yeah. And fair play to Fernand Lopez, the man who gave us Francis Ngannou, the man who gave us Cyril Gann. He is the man also responsible for bringing Rug Rug into MMA. Now, wow. he doesn't coach him or anything. But when he docked in Senegal with Aries, the Afro-European promotion, the first thing he did was call Bombardier, who signed for KSW and was like, we need a Senegalese wrestler here to get people to watch MMA. Mm. Rug Rug was the guy they got. He fought Sofiane Bokashu, and he did an amazing Kamara escape where he just slammed oh, Sofiane on his head. The MMA world exploded, and 
the phenomenon that is Rug Rug was born. So, yeah. Um, idea. I've got an idea. We should cover this in depth. Like, I think this is like fascinating. Like this whole yeah. Senegalese like movement towards MMA and it's just starting, you know, we're just starting to see one or two kind of come over and, uh, it's, I'm obsessed with it, man. It's, yeah. It's like a roadmap I'm, I'm, towards the future. It looks like. So laity kind of gave me like a few, the blueprint of how it's done. And he was mm -hmm. like, look at this guy's videos. Look at this guy's videos. Wow. Three days of watching YouTube and trying to find out absolutely everything I can yeah. about the sport. And I still don't have a fucking clue really, yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's great fun if you watch it. And one thing you might've saw in, in Rug Rug's last performance against uh, Angelini was this kind of feeling out period where he doesn't seem to be doing much at all, but that's, that's the tradition of Senegalese wrestling because the, the, the margin for error is so small when you're fighting a 300 pound dude. Mm. So if you, if your entry is bad, he's just going to push you over because it doesn't matter how you get them down. You can punch them in the head, push them over, uh, double leg, single leg, trip, whatever it is. Mm. So they are just literally waiting. Who's going to be the force to blink here? Who's going to be the force to blink? Don't make a mistake. So um, don't be surprised if you see Rogue Rogue doing a bit of that tonight because he is fighting a, a, a decorated kickboxer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So um, he will dominate this man if he gets a hold of him. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, <laughs> I expect him to be very tentative in the, in the striking exchanges. Yeah, very exciting, man. Yeah, I love this. Well, um, yeah, let's uh, toss it to the chat just for a little bit here because I am curious to see what everyone's thoughts are on the, the card tonight, who everyone's taking. Are there any disagreements? I think we are both in line basically for DJ. It sounded like maybe there was a bit more uh, towards uh, Lapicus over Alvarez. Um, I, th I still think Alvarez would win. But there's a bit more that I, I I stack the cards in his favor just a little bit more. You know what I mean? Um, I'm curious to see whatever. It's a whatever potential banana skin, right? It's a potential banana skin. I've never Radio heard that too. that phrase before. I actually really like that phrasing. You said that uh, when you did your minute take as well, and it's like, ooh, I like that. Yeah, it really <laughs> is though. I mean, it's just like peeling back some of these layers here. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't know if I'm understanding the analogy right. But uh, no, Joe and cartoons when they slip on a banana skin oh, and they fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking way too uh, way too far into it, but yeah, that works too. Um, a potential mistake waiting to happen for sure. Um, let me see. El uh, Lali at ACA is such a shark tank. Only one guy ever got three title defenses. The second best was Askarov. Ooh, great great name to point out there. And Karifov said so that's somebody else that we've been talking about lately, is the second guy to achieve a second defense. Really good point. I think part of that, too, is that a lot of them are being snapped up. It's like, oh, okay, we know this. And so that's kind of what we're talking about, too. You know, it's like you have the Senegalese wrestling, Sambo exploding in that area. It's like... That, that's what's so exciting about you talking about the wrestling from Senegal. It's just like, what if we were there for Samba when that was starting to take off in the Caucasus regions? That That's something mm -hmm. that we potentially have an opportunity with this, which I think is really neat. Um, and this shows, again, why wrestling is the best base for MMA, so many regional styles. We actually had a fun debate about this, didn't we? Uh, you were like, ah, I don't know if it still is. You remember that? What, wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still a great base, though. I mean, I, I wouldn't de debate that. But Some form I, I of think grappling. I think for a long time, right, in MMA, if the guy, if one guy could wrestle really well and the other guy couldn't, it's gone. It's over, right? Yeah. Like, no matter if the guy is, like, the greatest knockout artist of all time, mm -hmm. if the other dude has a pedigree in wrestling, he's going to win. Forget and it. I think that yeah. has changed a good bit. But um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's still it's it's still like I mean, especially at heavyweight. If you've got a real pedigree at wrestling at heavyweight, that's mm. a big, big problem for anyone. And like you look at the the videos of Rogue Rogue, he's slamming three hundred pound man with ease. Like it's yeah. it's a piece of piss to him. He does <laughs> like it's like I mean that's insane, right? Like if you it think is. he he's like six foot four, two hundred and sixty five pounds, he's cutting weight to make heavyweight. He's a big problem, dude. We gotta open up heavyweight more, man. Like like boxing, it's like they just don't put a limit on it. I do think though, if they did that, they probably need to, you know, maybe raise up that bar for where light heavyweight ends and heavyweight begins, because yeah. that'd be pretty unreal if you'd have like a three hundred pound dude up against a two hundred and six pound heavyweight. It's like, oh god. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, let me see what. Especially yeah. Oh, sorry. Good. No, well, like I mean, there is just guys who are bigger than that. You know, like that's like I feel like it's stupid when we're in a heavyweight fight and you're hearing Brock Lesnar's backstage cutting weight, Mark Hunt's cutting weight. Why are we doing that? You know? Mm. Yeah, like it it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um There should be a maximum category for sure. For sure. Yeah. Super heavyweight, baby. Bring it back. Um somebody actually let me just find the the comment about it, because we haven't talked about Bellator at all this weekend. We talked about it last weekend. Um, who asked it? Just want to give him credit. Air cool. I said, um, are y'all, uh, talking about beta versus, uh, Machida? We can now. Absolutely. I mean, this is actually still a fun fight. I would say still in 2021 because classically the guys like Randy Couture out there said that they wanted to solve that puzzle. That was beta. And we actually, or I said beta, that was Machida. We actually talked <laughs> about that on Bailey's video that we didn't have his Twitter correct. Neither did we on some of your videos. As it turns out, we got to get our Twitter game together. But anyhow, I didn't say that out loud. Let's just forget that that happened. Um, <laughs> Machida, um, he, he is one of those puzzles that people have a really hard time solving. And I think he could really put a challenge forward. So this is the first time in a really long time that Bader has um, actually, you know, uh, I mean, what am I missing here? Wait, what? He's heavyweight champion, right? What am I missing here? It's listing him as champion for light heavyweight. Nemkov is the champion. Nemkov's the champ. I, I what guess does it say champion there. on his? I, I'm like, wait, what? He's still the heavyweight champ, yeah. Yeah, I was reading this. They're not fighting at heavyweight. No, they are. Oh shit! But it says light heavyweight Grand Prix opening round though. And this it, is the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Yeah, they're they're they yeah. This page is all fucked up. He's not defending the title, but it says that it says C next to his name. I was like, wait, he's not defending a title, <laughs> but it says he is. I hate when that happens. Yeah. It feels like your brain is melting or something. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it threw me the hell off. So no, he is not the champion anymore. He's the heavyweight champion. He's not fighting at 265 pounds on this. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's crazy to see that. I'm looking forward to see Barrix v. Jer- Jeremy Kennedy. I think they're both quality. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. That's a huge fight. Um, Katsingano back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who else? What what do the prelims look like? I, I I personally though to answer the question, I'll probably take Bader here, but I think Machida is a really tough test for him. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean, what does Ryan Bader look like after that loss? Is he reinvigorated? Is he demoralized? Some sometimes people uh, they kind of go on a skid for a while, but I, I think I'll take Bader here. I think the wrestling will do well for him. You know, the thing about Machida is a lot of people have figured out his style over time. He's not as elusive as he once was. Um, 
So yeah, I'll, I'll probably start drinking that piss again, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, and of course Dalton uh, Rasta is on this one, so he made it onto our list. So speaking of which, speaking of uh, content here on the Extras channel, Tommy Toll did our piece for ten under the radar fights, and Dalton Rasta versus Tony Johnson is a banger of a fight. Tony Johnson has that ridiculous knockout of um, Joe Schilling, just absolutely wrecked uh you know he's a decorated kickboxer you know what i mean so i think this is a great fight uh dalton rasta got signed as in uh o and o pro o and o pro by bellator this is how much they think of him this is how much they're investing into him they, they're trying to build a homegrown star out of him and this is a huge test somebody has way more experience so it, it kind of feels like an almost like Aaron Pico type situation where it's like, oh, he's oh, no. up against a vet here. He's up <laughs> against a real vet here. Tony Johnson won on um, the Contender Series. He won on the Contender Series as well. So it's like he just didn't have an exciting enough, quote unquote, Brendan Lochnane type kind of experience with uh, Dana White not picking him to be signed to the UFC. So I think that's a, a really great fight. I'm glad that that's on here. That's on the um, the undercard. So. This guy's got some hands on him, doesn't he? This Rasta guy. Oh man, and he can wrestle like a mother too. He did get a bit tired in his last fight. Who did he fight in the last one? He he accepted some positions that were just out of sheer exhaustion. But um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I hope they I hope they've learned from the mistake of Pico because if if it's one thing that Bellator have done very well and probably to a fault is nurture talent. Like people mm. always give out about. Gallagher, like how he's been nurtured, and MVP, of course, AJ how McKee he's been now. nurtured and stuff. Yeah, it's but I don't think him. AJ, blossomed. to his credit, he's fought some really good guys, right? Yeah. Um, but I just feel like the Pico thing was just crazy. Like, I mean, it's like they started believing their own hype. You know, like they, they of all people should know how unforgiving this sport is. Yeah. So I just felt like that was a, that was a really bad thing they did that time. They've, um, yeah. I, I just hope they, they treat this guy a bit better because when you see records like that, you get worried sometimes with Bellator after like, the Pico oof. incident. He's, uh, Don't he's kill aced him. it so far. Aced it so far. Yeah. So. But I do think that, yeah, Tony Johnson could absolutely put his lights out. It's a, it's a great fight on the undercard. It's a really good fight. I'm glad that it is on the undercard because that was a big problem with Aaron Pico. It's like, oh, we're making our debut, second pay-per-view ever. Let's just go ahead and throw him on the card against a vet and then he gets... You know, he got submitted in that, right? Rear Naked Chokes. It's Zach something. I can't remember the guy's last name. Oh, fuck. What was his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just look up Aaron Pico real quick. But, I mean, yeah, it's like at least at least what they're doing is they're taking a bit of the spotlight off of it, a bit of the pressure, throwing on the undercard, because I think that's a big thing, too. You know, people always talk about the bright lights of the UFC or any of these big organizations out there. Um, one of the best things that you can do is – allow somebody to gradually make their way up there rather than just like you're a star <laughs> like, holy shit like nobody can beat Aaron. <laughs> go in there and kill this can. guy <laughs> you're the best ever um yeah so he lost to zach freeman my god yeah zach freeman, freeman. Oh, oh that's crazy to look back at he was uh, and he was there, sitting there afterwards going yeah, you, you media members won't forget my name now. I liked that. I really liked the, the way that he talked about that. But, of course, Zach Freeman, didn't, uh, he didn't do so hot going on from that. But I liked that attitude. It was like, yeah, you should have that attitude. You should uh, say, why were, why were you all counting me out? We know the reason why he was being counted out, but it's still a good question for him to have asked at the time. Um, yeah, he lost to Sadawad since then. 
And he has not fought since. That was back in 2017, uh, only a couple months after. I don't know what the deal is with Zach Freeman. Interesting. They don't forget story. the other Bellator. When you when you when you <laughs> obscure their prospects, they just get rid of you. Poor Ricky Bandeas, oh one of the most God. exciting fighters at 135. How did you cut him? I don't understand. Oh, you bet, James Gallagher. Here's the whole ranking system from bantamweight. We're going to put you up against yes. now. Anyone else he fought, he knocked them out pretty much. Like I mean. I don't know how that guy was canned. He, I think he's brilliant. You beat our star. Let's throw in you with the absolute like shark tank of the division now. Let's get. Well, let's go the, there. The thing, like, I, I know James so long though. I know he would have wanted that rematch at some point. Oh, yeah. Like I know everyone's seen the the viral knockout. Oh, he got shadow realm. He would have wanted that rematch without a doubt. Mm. He's a real fighter, you know. Like and for them to just remove that from play, I, I still can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, that's such a tough one. But uh, yeah, so uh, that that is, I mean, dude, <laughs> that is this weekend, right? Like, um, so yeah, that's Friday. Yeah, so that starts at six Eastern time. A nice start time. That's great. That's midnight for. Uh, actually, no, that's eleven for UK fans. So here, so can, can we clarify what fucking time? Oh no, that's prelims. Sorry, prelims start then. So main card sucks uh, again for you because it's uh, what is that? Two a.m. So yeah, yeah. sorry. Too. Can somebody from yeah. tell me when one is starting tonight, please? One on their website has a countdown that has six hours and nine minutes left on it. So whatever six hours from now is with you is that midnight? <laughs> midnight. No, it's not six long. hours and nine minutes is seven thirty for 130. us. 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, one thirty. Right, it's, it's a little late. Yeah, and yeah, so Rogue Rogue will be. Yeah, I can't not watch him it'll, live dude, now. It'll, like, it'll, I mean, be, it'll you... be late for you. You might we want to take a nap. <laughs> You're like, ah, I'm not really that interested after you got done talking about like, Every time I do this, you can ask me, Mrs. Every time I'm like, ah, I'll watch it tomorrow. And then I'll, she goes, all it will take is for you to put on one fucking fight and then you're stuck. And I'm like, no, no, I just want to watch this one. And then eight hours later. Dude, I, like, that's the thing. If I'm ever, like, dead tired and, and it's like I know I'm not going to or I shouldn't, like, I should try to get some sleep. And I'm saying that from an American standpoint. So I don't know how it's going to be when I'm in the UK. But if I'm ever, like, dead tired, it's like I better just wait and watch the fights because I'm exactly like you. I mean, how can you go asleep, especially if you try to, like, have them on, you know, like you try to pull like a, you know, like, oh, let me just put them on in the background. It's like you like two seconds in, you're just like, okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's a rough one. Sorry for European fans in the middle of the week. Like, that's rough. So, we've got Wednesday, Friday, Saturday this week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I'm canceling my move to the UK. For those who haven't heard, I did uh, officially announce it on, like, my social media and stuff like that. So, I'm about to be right in the thick with you guys. I don't know what I'm doing here. I think it's been And I can tell you. Good. Um. The reason why Jason picked the UK is because they have left Europe and he was only going yeah, under yeah. them circumstances. Yeah, obviously. It had to be Sorry, the right that pretense. Was, that was obvious. It had to be. <laughs> he he made Brexit happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you can genuinely like blame Americans for everything, to be fair. So uh, <laughs> just gonna have to go out and get used to those shitty start times, says Sinjuku calling. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think the thing that I'm really looking forward to and the thing that will make it so much more interesting, we are – so I'm going to fly out next week. I'm not going to be on the next three episodes of this. I'm going to fly out to look for apartments, 
being quarantined forever, <laughs> all those things. But we are looking at potentially trying to do a live fight companion for 261 with me, Bailey, and Tom. You know, I wish we could get you over there. It's not going to be a problem once all this stuff like ends. The quarantine. I'm still not allowed 5K outside my fucking house. <sighs> like this is where we like it's. We've got this. We've got the longest lockdown in Europe at this stage. Wow. I'm losing my fucking mind. Wow. Like you can ask Jay. In December, when I when I when I started working with MMM Point, we were like, "Ah, oh, this will be done by February. Yeah. We're gonna be all over Europe <laughs> shooting these videos." And literally, fucking stuck since then. Yeah. Uh, well, wait for then as well. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I, I do think that will be the exciting part, though. Once all this is over, I'm over there. We're doing those fight companions live drinking a little too much while we're all tired as hell but that's what i'm excited for you know because you know I, I, just to speak on that a little bit I, I don't know how many people really care about this but you know like working alone in your home all the time it's just not as fun you know like i've been obsessed with this thing since we started it you know and i dude i could keep doing this don't get me wrong like it's not like it's so bad but I've always been a social person, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, being in the room with the same people, I think will balance out the cons. But I also think like half the people in this chat right now are like they're either English or they're European of some sort of, you know, uh, time zone, whatever it is. And I think uh, it's just a fan base that is raving right now. I mean, like for all the talk that was about Canada for all the talk that was about Australia and putting on those huge events at Marvel Stadium and things like that, our second biggest audience by far, it's not even close, is the UK by far, particularly the UK out of Great Britain. So it's like um, 15% of our total audience. Of course, 50% of it is America. And we, we're we never going to turn our back on that. Tommy Toehold's still going to be doing videos. I'm still an American. So it's not like we're going to get rid of American voices. I'm just going to adopt a straight, you know, scouse accent to go along with tommy's joke on twitter the other day but um you know so obviously we're not getting rid of that but like europe as a whole not even just the uk that just tells you our entry point that's where we're going to be based europe as a whole is just dying for this type kind of stuff and really more attention than i think it's getting right now and uh that's what we're there to focus on i think it'll be some of the most exciting times of our entire lives i really see it that way so I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. So I'll be out there next week. Quarantining for like five days. But I'll be out there, though. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Anyhow, I think we're probably getting to a good uh, place to probably wrap it up. I know um, we got some plans later on after this. And I'm absolutely starving because I've been on a ridiculous diet because I'm a fat American trying to lose some weight. So let's get it done. Um, any parting thoughts from you, Pizzi? You, you got a shit? No, I can tell you that my post-show um, situation will not be as attractive as that. It is another date with the porcelain god, and um, I have a feeling it's going to be messy once again, <laughs> as it has been all day. <laughs> Great, man. Well, um, really appreciate everyone for joining us today. We'll try to get into the more uh, the chat a little bit more this week, but obviously we had some exciting stuff talking about rug rug and stuff like that after just coming out of that piece we have a lot of fighters that are fighting this weekend we had a lot of fun diving into the card as much as we could the various cards that are happening so keep an eye out we got the next Capoza's corner that's coming in uh, out in about a couple hours of course we'll have our normal video tomorrow twitch is going on today it looks like 
We might, so I'm depends on what my energy levels are like later, but it might be me and Mac Malley doing an impromptu fight companion for one championship tonight. So we'll see about That'd that. Be great. Stay tuned. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got a lot of great content on the way. Appreciate you, PT. Appreciate you, Lawton. Appreciate you, Chad. So we will talk again soon. Peace out, everyone.